George Kilpatrick, inspiration for the nation celebrating people we feel good about. Well, they say faith without works is dead. So we got three pastors here who also serve in dual capacities in this community. Can you believe it? So let's start with Bishop Colette Matthews Carter, who is the president of the Syracuse Onondaga County chapter of the NAACP and the pastor of Zion Hill Baptist Church. We have Pastor Eric Jackson, who is the president of the Alliance of Communities Transforming Syracuse, better known as ASK, and the pastor of the Plymouth Congregational Church in downtown Syracuse. And we have Pastor Eric Yor, the newly installed president of the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance and the pastor of the Promised Land Church. So glad to have all of you. And let me just start by saying, I feel truly blessed this morning. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I really love this idea. So you are all in key leadership organizations in this community. Uh, and, and so what, what a time that we have this conversation. So I'm gonna ask each of you, well, to tell us what your organizations do. Um, I guess it's a no brainer to start with the NAACP because you're the oldest, baddest, right? Meanest. Uh, <laughs> talk to me, uh, uh, Bishop Colette Matthews Carter. Your second term, by the way, as president of the NAACP. You got a state of the NAACP message coming up in a minute. So yeah. uh, talk to me about what you do uh, yeah. as the president of the NAACP. Well, thank you, Brother Kilpatrick. It's always good to see you. And it's great to be here with... Um, uh, my brothers in faith and ministry and activism. Well, you know, the NAACP, and I'll help you out a little bit. NAACP is the oldest, oldest, and Boom. baddest civil rights organization. There you go. <laughs> February 12th, we will be 113 years old. And I think the thing about the NAACP is that its mission uh, has kept the organization relevant over the years because the mission of the NAACP is to eliminate race-based discrimination and it seems that every turn, every century in this country, we are confronted with that very thing. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to me that in 2022, I, I guess I just never thought uh, that we would be here at this juncture to this degree. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, of course, you know, being an African-American, uh, a black woman growing up, uh, you know, you're confronted with racism, you're confronted with those issues. But I think, you know, just, you know, the last um, previous uh, presidential uh, candidate, um, you know, president that was in office, you know, what happened on January 6th, the insurrection on the Capitol, just the, just the, the visceral, just flagrant, you know, outburst of racist rants and, and, and Ray, it just, it's just a mess. And I just never thought we'd be here. So the NAACP, remains relevant, uh, unfortunately. Certainly does, thank you. Uh, Pastor, you're the Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance and your work with the pastors. Tell me about this group. Well, thanks, and I'm, I'm say thank you for having us, George. And I think this is a, uh, a seminal, if not historic moment. Uh, we have these great pastors or leaders of these organizations. So the uh, IMA goes back to 1972. Uh, we were originally form, formed uh, back as far back as uh, Pastor Forrest Adams, and most people don't remember him, but uh, he was Pastor Tucker. 
and uh, he formed this group and it, it was really designed and still is designed to be a resource for clergy uh, as they look for tools and ways to equip their congregations, their families, the people that they serve, we try to bring these resources to them. Now we've been fortunate enough that, you know, throughout 501c3 to also do some other good work in the community. You know, some people don't know, you know, we partnered with Jubilee Homes when they first got it started when they were building houses. We uh, initiated a, an annual Dr. Martin Luther King's uh, service. We have, have Holy Week services, you know, that's multi-denominational. We also helped formulate the funding that started the Vivian Teal Howard Nursing Home startup. Uh, we've worked with the city on a, on a 10 point plan to reduce gun violence. We've done conferences, all kinds of health screening. So again, any way we can be creative to equip, fam equip pastors and clergy to equip families and help families that's pretty much what our mission, and that's what we're really trying to do. All right, Pastor Eric Jackson, the president of the Alliance of Community Transforming Syracuse, and also pastor of the Plymouth Congregational Church, talk to me. What is it that the ACTS organization does? Uh, so ACTS in Syracuse uh, has been around now uh, for, over 20, for over 20 years now, uh, uh, serving the Syracuse uh, community in the greater Onondaga County area. And the unique, the really the unique niche that ACTS has in its capacity to make a difference is that I believe that ACTS stands at the intersections. Uh, we are a multiracial, uh, multi-faith organization. And the common thread that links all of us together is our commitment to see justice in our communities and not only justice, but liberation, equity, and equality uh, flowing all throughout our community and transforming the systems uh, that oppress. So there is a common commitment across our faith lines, our faith tradition, and all of that difference that brings people together, united under the one umbrella, uh, under the umbrella of the common good. Uh, so that's what the unique niche that Acts has in the city of, of uh, Syracuse. And Acts uh, is also an organization that likes to be on the front lines that shows up. So we have uh, a community organizer. Not only do we, we have two paid or community organizers full-time uh, serving on staff at Acts, uh, Reverend Linda Briggs, who is our lead community organizer, and then Dwayne Comer, who's, uh, who is our, uh, we, he's our community organizer as well, a local organizer. And a lot of his work is really focused on uh, this work around called Live, the Live Free Program program that's a part of the larger faith in action uh, network. And what Live Free does is we seek to redistribute uh, the resources and how budgets are being shaped uh, so that they we, we might be able to put those resources into action and mobilize people who have been formerly incarcerated because we believe that the way towards having a just society is not through more retribution and retributive justice, but rather through redemptive justice in that if you give people the resources they need, that's the way to actually reduce crime. That's the way to actually have peace in our community when people actually have access to what they need. Yeah, and 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 I by the way, I should mention that Eric Jackson's from my hometown, the Boogie Down, Bronx. That's New right. York. I just That's have to, right. you know, I just have to throw that out there. <laughs> he, he's from around the way, but it's all right. It's all right. I've been this, listen, I've been in Syracuse longer than I've been in the city, so. It's, but you know how it is. It just never leaves you. Yes, yes. And and so, uh, Pastor, you you talk about this being a historic time. Talk to me about why the significance of faith leaders and all of you. I want a piece of this, but the significant. I begin, with Pastor, you 
the significance of faith leaders in this time in our community, in, in this time in our, in, in, in our country, uh, and all that's going on, you know, and, and what we're fighting for right now. Well, in my lifetime of experience, George, a lot of that has uh, gone on on the civil rights movement, uh, voter rights movement, began in the church with faith leaders, because at one point, that's who were galvanized behind was uh, the people were coming to and being in congregational strength with. So um, I'm glad to see that the church still has a, a viable, active role in helping people not only have a spiritual healthiness, but also a civic uh, educational uh, health uh, achievements still in our community. So again, looking around and seeing these other faith leaders who again, at heart, you know, uh, they want to see families do well to have these types of roles and positions, to me, it, uh, puts us at an advantage. And that's why I'm so glad to be collaborating with uh, Reverend Jackson and, and Bishop uh, Carter to make some changes here in our community of Syracuse. Mr. Carter, what's your take on the significance of this? Yeah. So, 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 you know, George, there's always been an intersection between faith and activism. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think that the faith leader is able uh, to draw upon this phenomenon that we call hope. Mm -hmm. Yes. <laughs> and, and that's that's what has always empowered and strengthened our movement because yes, we had the oratories, we had the issues, we had the collaborations, but we also had to draw upon something that was beyond ourselves. The, the obstacles that black people have been up against uh, in this country it took something more than just our human efforts. And so the faith leader has always been, you know, fulfilling that role. And so uh, with the NAACP, you know, the history of the NAACP, I mean, there's been this countless, countless numbers of faith leaders who, who have been involved in orchestrating and organizing and uh, helping to, to, to lift up the mission of the NAACP. And I just see this as a manifestation mm -hmm. uh, of the role of, of the, particularly the black pastor. Mm -hmm. In particular, Pastor. Yeah, I mean, I, I, what you said made me think of a few things. Let me uh, pick those up, and then I'll get to you, Pastor Jackson. But uh, this notion of the the secular, right? Because you the NAACP is a secular organization, but and then a faith based, and the fact that you all are walking in those two worlds, right? and having to, to lead in that way. And as you said, historically in our communities, a lot of our great leadership has come from, from, from the church, right? Or for the, I'm gonna say the Christian church uh, in, in, in many ways, right? We know that the uh, pastor uh, Jackson, I know there's many faith traditions, uh, but a lot of, you know, I'm thinking of that, um, this, this, this straddling the line. How, how do you see that uh, pastor um, Carter? Uh, well, I would add one other thing. Okay. Um, the other piece that I would add is that, you know, when we talk about our understanding of God, you know, mm -hmm. at, at least from the Christian faith tradition, the God that we know and the God that we serve, the God that we project cares about the whole mm -hmm. person, cares about the whole, the totality of, 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 our, of our humanity. So it's not just you know, God cares about, 
you know, our, our spiritual, our spirituality he also cares about our liberation. He also cares about mm-hmm. our quality of life. Mm-hmm. He also cares about our freedom and, mm-hmm. and our equity and, and our well-being. And mm-hmm. so, you know, it makes sense, you know, to be able to, um, to, for, for faith leaders to be able to lead in, in this capacity. Uh, Pastor Jackson, what about your thoughts about this? My thoughts are that there has, um, there's always, there's this myth, if you will, there's been a secular and the sacred, and we're trying to balance the secular versus the sacred, and what does that uh, look like? But the truth is, if you go back to the very origins of when, when, when our ancestors came here as enslaved Africans, there was never any, any there wasn't much of a, of a distinction between what was so-called sacred and what was so-called secular. Uh, the black preacher historically, when, you, when the black preacher, when she or he came, came to this country, they had to, they were t- tasked, they didn't have the privilege of just being able to ideate about God mm-hmm. because we were dealing with the very real issues of shackles on our feet, our ancestors getting the cat of nine tails across their back. So the black preacher always has been preaching about liberation. And back when we first came to this, first when we first came to this country, the message was abolition. Mm-hmm. It was abolition. That was a big, that was one of the pillars of African-American preaching. So I don't think there's ever been a distinction between the secular and uh, the sacred, because even in, now I'm even going back thinking about the ancient worship traditions of our people with, you know, worshiping in the hush harbors. So they would have the, the worship that was in the in the woods free from the uh, from the colonizers, where they'd be able to express and worship in a way that was relevant to their experience incorporating their the the, the traditions of our motherland into the worship experience and an active resistance. And I can go on and on about that, but I believe it's always been in our DNA as a people uh, for this, for us to be the secular and the sacred, to be in conversation with one another and looking at how does the sacred speak to the very, the secular right now. And I think now, even in this current age about voting rights, mm-hmm. about how, about voting rights, about standing up to systemic racism and revisionist narratives of history that seek to sanitize history, and particularly in our education system. So I think that the task and the challenge is there very much for us today to continue in that tradition of abolition, of liberation, because we need, that's what we need today. And the, the historically, the black preacher has always been having this, has always had the sacred in conversation with the secular. I see you nodding your head, Bishop Carter. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Though so, you know, yeah. Th- these are these are my brothers and 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 Reverend Jackson. He, he and I, you know, we 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 collaborate on so many things, and we've had these kinds of conversations. You know, let's be clear: the black preacher, she and he, have always had a liberation theology. Come on, we've always had a. Li- that's what that's that's who that's our core. Now now I know that things have you know, uh, translated into other things, but, but, but our, our foundation, our basis, our core, our beginnings in this country was always about, you know, liberation. So that's, 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 that's our, that's the tenets of our, of our, of our uh, background and, and our history. How do we move the, Pastor, were you going to say something? No, 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 go ahead. Yeah. So, so I'm thinking of, so a lot of things have just flooded into my head so let me just do like a sort of a, 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 let me just throw all of these things out there. Number one, the is there a conflict? So you, and it's kind of almost contradicting what you just said of 
uh, Pastor Jackson, but hear me out. Is do you ever is because you said that there's always been this con conversation, this this marriage, if you will, between the sacred and secular. Do you feel as though there's ever going to be a conflict for you in terms of how you have to commute the work that you're doing in the secular versus what you're doing in the congregation? Or, you, or are you going to reiterate, no, Pastor Euro, it's all the same. And then I, my follow-up to that would be, because I'm thinking about, the, do, do the churches still have the same power, right? When they, I'm thinking of attendance and we're in COVID, so now that adds another element because a lot of it was the mobilization. The people are, are, this, are the people in the seats anymore. Are the young people, the people that were the backbone of the movement, are they still, which came out of the church, do we still have those kinds of things? So past you, I know I, I laid all of that at your feet. And then, and then your, your sisters and your brother, they can come in here too. Well, we're definitely living in a, in a post-COVID environment where the way we gauge and measure congregational strength, attendance, all that stuff has definitely changed. Mm -hmm. But to the point we've been making, the message of liberation, the message demanding quality of life for families and generational blessings and voting rights and health care and education, that message has not changed. We just have to be more creative now in how we get that message out there. And you know, to your to your point too, George. I don't think that there's a, a um, so much of a conflict, if you will, uh, between the secular and the sacred, as Reverend Jackson put it, because we're all looking for a, a fresh, higher level quality of life for the community that we serve. And rarely is that in conflict. You know, no matter what denomination you are, we go to church. What side of town you want? You want to be safe. You want decent education for your kids. You want to go to work every day. You want to get a check. And, and, and that's what we're seeking to do, to empower our people to achieve those things. Pastor Jackson, your thought. Uh, I think for me, I think, Gordon, I think you, the example you gave, uh, you know, there is no conflict there. You know, there is no conflict. It's all the same. That's how uh, that's how I feel, because. Uh, I don't ever think it's going to be a conflict for me in my congregation, because when you think about it, uh, you know, I know the pews, for example, you talk about how the, the, there's a difference in attendance. Uh, but if you look online for everybody who's not in the pew on Sunday mornings, you look on Facebook, you look at all the all those uh, all those views they're in the pew, they are just not in the physical pew. Right. And as long as these issues continue to be in our society that create suffering, mm -hmm. that create brokenness, as long as these systems continue to manifest itself, I believe that there will always be a place for the church. Yes. And that has proven itself through every major era in time. Yes, we've been through this before with the Spanish flu. Uh, we've seen, you know, we've seen that we've seen that era and a whole bunch of other different eras. But the church continues to remain. The church continues to stand as a center of life, a, a center of inspiration for people and a center for nourishment, transformation and change. So I always I firmly believe uh, that there, the church has power. And I think a lot more power than what it actually realizes or actually acknowledge. So the church has power, but now you're also leading organizations Mm -hmm. in power in the community uh, to liberate uh, our communities. This is a critical time. Um, mm -hmm. And by the way, let me just reintroduce the panel. That was just Pastor Eric Jackson, Plymouth Congregational Church, president of the 
Acts Alliance of Communities Transforming Syracuse, Pastor uh, Claire Matthews Carter, Zion Hill Baptist Church, and President of the Syracuse Onondaga NAACP, Pastor Eric Your President Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance, and Pastor of the Promised Land Church. So saying all of that to say critical times, right? And so Pastor Your and Pastor Carter and Pastor Jackson, how will you all use your collective strengths and powers in the organizations that you also had and combining that with the power of the church, uh, how will you collaborate, but then how will you have a different approach? How's this gonna work? Yeah. Well, I, want me to jump in? I can chime sure, in sure. first. I, I think that all of our organizations have perhaps a, a slightly different focus, but also a lot of common ground. Mm -hmm. And so I think the goal here is for us to meet on those issues that are common um, and collective to all of our organizations. Okay. And I believe that, you know, what one issue that we are meeting on is uh, voting rights. I mean, that mm -hmm. is a hot uh, issue right now. The NAACP is front and center. I know ACTS is concerned about it. I know that the Black pastors, the, the Ministerial Alliance, Everyone's talking about it, and and we have to collectively raise that that issue up within our community because you know <laughs> voting rights is, is is center to our to our democracy, and so we can meet on that issue. You know, we mm -hmm. can meet on that issue, and we can draw upon our collective strengths um, and reach in the community to do that. Pastor Carter, do you think because New York is woke, I'm just going to cut to the chase. Yeah, where we have we we good here. But that the battle is really in our brethren uh, for other state in other states, South, right. you know, and other minute other. Do you think is that why is th that we have to raise the awareness that this is a we national do. issue because right. we we good in New York pretty much, right? I we, mean, we, we're good in New York, but you know we're we, not as we right, could but, not right. We we have to we have to be okay. Not, I don't know who's good. Wait, let me let me back up. Let me wait a minute. <laughs> I'm sorry, I said we good in New York. Not necessarily because a lot of right. things that other states have had for a minute, we just got, right? The early right. vote. Right. We, right. we okay, we not. Right. We know. okay, but see, here's the other thing though, Brother George, it's not just voting rights, it's um, voter education. Voter education. So that whole, the whole concept of voting and all those entry, entry points, New York might be good or better positionally than other states okay but we, we got low voter turnout right here on that county with black yeah black some of the lowest to the polls right. yes. and we need to go to the polls and we need to educate young people about voting and that's some something that we can all do because voting on the local level impacts everything that happens in our lives it it it, it, it impacts you know, everything, everything. Right, right, level. right. We need to vote in these local elections. We need to vote. We need to mobilize and, and wake up our people, even though our state might be woke. You know, I think that there are some sleeping areas in our communities. And if we if we if we don't vote in these local elections, that could change too, right? That's, right. It, that's exactly. what I'm talking about. Right. That's what right. I'm talking about. Right. You know, we got some conservative areas of New York, so we might be good in some areas, but right. we, we gotta keep our eyes open. <laughs> Pastor Jackson, up. you was gonna say something. Yeah, I, yeah, I know. I, I was saying I, I, I fully agree because local elections, um, local elections do matter, and we have very poor turnout for local for local um, local elections. 
very poor. But those yeah. are the those are the folks that on the on the local level, that's what really helps, that's what really shapes the national agenda. Mm-hmm. What we see nationally. So I think there is, while New York historically, you know, we've the New York historically for the presidential elections, you know, we kind of we kind of we go one way and there's the turnout. But for right. local elections, that's affect that's the stuff that the deep stuff that affects our everyday lives. Right. The right. turnout is low. Yeah. And I yeah. would just want to say for me and my con for me, how I'm gonna partner in this work. I think um, ACT stands, like I said, we stand at the, at the intersections. Uh, intersections of, of multiracial, multi-faith. Most of all, I have a congregation um, that so that is uh, 250 folks that are standing behind me and with me, alongside me, that encourages their pastor to go forth because it is part of what they believe as well. So I think that's the uh, that's one of the key pieces. My own congregation, Plymouth. Uh, if I don't, for example, on Sunday, if I don't, if I don't talk about if there's anything pressing that happened in the world, I don't talk about it in the prayer or in the, ser- in the sermon. The first thing they ask me, Pastor, what, what happened today? Yeah. That. So I have that, my church, my congregation, plus uh, that I look at, I look at our participation in Acts, that, and that, that also, that also translates into, into another level of participation. And then from there, branching out into uh, the other organizations to partner with Bishop Colette and with Pastor Year. So really, this is what we're doing here is really, I mean, when you think about it, grassroots. Transformative. And some Pastor, you are, uh, I got time for just, there's so much to get to on this thing. But I'll say this, Pastor, you're, what else, how will you collaborate? How will you have a different approach? Well, what our focus is going to be on, again, being a resource and true to our core. How can mm-hmm. we empower clergy, not right. just pastors, but clergy? with information as a resource that they can pour to their congregations. Mm-hmm. So, you know, to the point, you know, that uh, we don't really have so much of a uh, civic or civil mandate, mm-hmm. but we are about empowering people. I want our congregations to be more active in the NAACP. Mm-hmm. I want the people in our congregation to realize the value of being involved with acts has a political arm and you know that 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 helps write legislation and i think that's how we're all going to collaborate to bring about change and better quality of life in syracuse there we go so much more to get to we'll just have to get you all back and get a report card so i would so right now just the number one issue and people say what about crime what about education all of that too right quality of life liberation of reform and criminal justice, systemic and ending and systemic racism and, mm-hmm. and, and systems. And that's gonna require work. In other words, we think we woke, but we not really right now. We gotta get back on the we street. Got work to do. We, we gotta got work. get back into the thing. We, got, we, we have to do it. And I just wanna thank you all for coming uh, to, to start this conversation uh, with us. Pastor Eric Yoa, President Interdenominational Ministerial Alliance, Promised Land Church. When, what time of service is passed online and in person? Just tell me quick, quick. 11 o'clock. 11 o'clock. Uh, past Bishop Colette Matthews Carter, uh, President of Syracuse Onondaga County NAACP and the Zion Hill Baptist Church. What time of service? 11 o'clock. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Pastor Eric Jackson, the President of the Alliance of Communities Transforming Syracuse and the pastor of the Plymouth Congregational Church. What time of service? 10 o'clock. 10 o'clock. There we go. (laughs) So as you're listening to this interview, 
uh, folks, they getting ready to go in the pulpit and preach. So that's all I'm going to tell you all right about that. All right. This is George Kirkpatrick in Space for the Nation. Um, we'll, we'll find out, you know, Syracuse, NAACP.com, International Ministerial Alliance, Axe, what's the Axe website? Real quick, real quick. Come on. X-Syracuse.org. All right. And the IMA has a website? We have a Facebook page. Facebook, Facebook page. Find it uh, Interdenomination Ministerial Alliance on Facebook. Alliance. All information. Listen, I, I can say I have been blessed. It's, <laughs> it's for, it's for, for having us. Thank you. Appreciate you all. Thanks for having us. <laughs>